Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is All Is Lost. From 2013, it stars Mr. Robert Redford and nobody else. <laughs> um, if you have not seen this film, we will be discussing it with spoilers in mind, so uh, please check it out or continue listening to the podcast at your own risk. Lloyd, you uh, brought this film to me and said we should definitely do this on the podcast. Um, what was the, the motive behind that? Oliver Stone on Facebook uh, put a recommendation on. And uh, if you haven't uh, heard, Oliver Stone is on Twitter and on Facebook and is very active on both accounts, both politically and about movies, uh, of course. So I think he's a very respected voice in the cyber world. He said, an amazing film lost in the circus of Academy Awards hype is a powerful odyssey from J.C. Chandor, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who scores again after Margin Call with All Is Lost. Unfortunately, not a great title in my opinion. Robert Redford is magnificent and the last shot is unbelievable. Only reservation, the end song and the opening voiceover. Between that, a masterpiece. Interesting. (laughs) The voiceover, the beginning... I um, thought it was I, completely unnecessary. <laughs> I have it here, and if you'll indulge me, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just read it out. This is the only voiceover in the film. The only other speaking in the film is uh, a small part where he tries to call an SOS call on his walkie-talkie radio, and uh, where he yells out in distress. <laughs> Here's the quote. I'm sorry. I know that means little at this point, but I am. I tried. I think you would all agree that I tried. To be true, to be strong, to be kind, to love, to be right. But I wasn't. And I know you knew this, in each of your ways. And I'm sorry. All is lost here, except for soul and body. That is, what's left of them. And a half day's ration. It's inexcusable, really. I know that now. How it could have taken this long to admit that, I'm not sure. But it did. I fought till the end. I'm not sure what this... I'm not sure what this is worth, but I know that I did. I have always hoped for more for you all. I will miss you. I'm sorry. And that is the voiceover. (laughs) Which is cryptic. And I guess everything about this film is cryptic. In that we don't get to know anything about the, um, the lead actor... Nope. Robert Redford's character. He has no name. He's just called Our Man in the script. Uh, from that, I guess, you know, you can kind of try and figure out who he is. Uh, obviously, he's leaving people behind. He's um, he's apologetic. Mm-hmm. He tried to do the right thing, but he didn't. And he's figured out his flaws, I guess. What do you make of the voiceover, Lloyd? I'm not too sure. Well, it's obviously what he wrote in that uh, when he put a letter in a jar or letter in a bottle, as it's um, romantically referred to in the movie, I think. And uh, yeah, it's obviously the only moment where you get some sense of backstory. I felt it wasn't necessary. It would have been great just to see him writing something down and that ambiguity would have, I think, added to the strength of the movie um, as well. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's our only insight into his backstory. I'd like to make up a backstory. I mean, uh, he's a an elderly gentleman. Perhaps yep. he's um, retired. Uh, he's obviously wearing a wedding ring, which is another clue, um, or a ring on his wedding finger. So there is a partner, or there was a partner. Um, 
and he's rich enough to be able to afford a boat. So either with through retirement or, you know, savings and so forth. So this is his dream, maybe, yeah. to go sailing. Uh, and that he's been looking forward to this. This is like that Alanis Morissette song where he waited his whole damn life just to take that flight and then the plane <laughs> crashed down. <laughs> this is this for me where he's sort of planned and wanted to do this trip for a long time and then disaster disaster i mean it starts with a shipping container and it uh it goes downhill for his boat i I actually always wanted to see a movie like this um and i actually wrote a script similar the idea is similar but they actually made a movie of it that's 20 minutes exactly the same as my script where it's a zombie apocalypse and you're just seeing a guy survive through it like hardly any dialogue and he's just walking through trying to survive they kind of did that with i am legend the beginning of that we're seeing will smith hunting just going about his day just the mechanics of survival um in in the post zombie apocalypse and then of course the narrative starts i would like to see a film where it's the whole thing is just the beginning of i am legend where you're just seeing a guy living in the post-apocalyptic world or even the book of eli where it's you know a post-apocalyptic world and you're just seeing them survive and all is lost dead to go that um area sort of like um gravity i think uh, was the big overshadow of this movie where it's just about survival and the mechanics of it a b c sort of thing Uh, the only issue i have with these movies is that there is too much going on okay first he hits a container second a storm third he's um the water gets contaminated fourth because we dave and i both actually did a podcast on uh life of pi and he survives for a long time on um just one of those um boats the uh, one of those rafts Mm -hmm. (laughs) i should say they actually have very elaborate um survival packs in it and all is lost it just seems that whole sequence seems to be sped up dramatically like his water gets contaminated there's automatically a leak right away the threat of the sharks are around he can't fish for anything uh it was just too much um for me i I, don't get me wrong i think all is lost is a brilliant film everyone should check it out it's it's one of a kind but the only issue i have with those survival movies is there's just too much going on i think uh, i said this as well on gravity um how there was like sandra bullock finally makes it to uh, to step back step b and then all of a sudden there's a fire she has to get out and all of a sudden it's stuck um with the parachute she has to untangle that you know there's just too many stages i understand what you're saying but i I think with all is lost you need stuff to happen because otherwise it seems deadly boring i mean on paper it's like a 32 page script or something it was oh really (laughs) and so you got to think that if there's nothing going on and there's just massive bits where he's just looking out at the ocean and stuff this is going to become even harder to watch for people yeah because i i was wanting things to happen i although the things that i wanted to happen in this film what frustrated me was how little we knew about him if he was keeping some kind of log of his journey and uh, we watched him write a few more things in there or if he'd signed his name occasionally or just given us some indication of i don't know nationality even i mean yeah a reviewer said it best if you don't care about robert redford or the character you're going to walk out in i don't know 20 minutes um because you're just like i don't know this guy like i watched this with my mum and my dad 
and they were both frustrated oh what's going on who who, who is this guy and you know they yeah. don't know anything my mum hated it by the end my dad thought it was amazing <laughs> my dad goes See, wow I was so in, uh, you know drawn in I found myself uh, on IMDB looking at the trivia and looking at the uh, discussion boards and stuff and most of the discussion there's a whole bunch about how he's doing the wrong thing as a sailor oh like, okay you know technically this is wrong and whatever and that's that's neither here nor there i don't want to get into that because i don't know the difference and i don't know what's right on uh on a ship yeah or a boat but um to me it's very much like there's too many missing pieces here now when i think about um student films and uh, making you know your first sort of films everybody has sound issues and uh people like combat this by making silent films and saying that you know this is what we wanted to do all along and stuff and then lots of people are guilty of it they make something that's completely silent and the workaround it's a workaround for not having good sound equipment not being able to get good sound quality yep now with this film it's says something about the crew as well that you know they needed to get all the sound effects and everything right so there is a, a level of sound quality there but Maybe it says something about his writing. I don't know because there's no dialogue. There's no. There's nothing to work from here, and I found it very frustrating. I realize you and Oliver Stone like this film, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I was just like watching it, going, "What am I meant to be getting from this?" Trying to read deeply into things, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to add symbolism where maybe there isn't symbolism. Um, yeah, it's. It's got lots of Oscar buzz, and that's what I went to it into it. Um, yeah, a review said it best. It, it uh, um, like it doesn't have similarities to Gravity. It has more similarities to Survivor Man, the reality TV show, because effectively it's almost a documentary about how one survives in the ocean if this happens. You know mm. what I mean? Like you're just watching a like uh, I I guess it's like putting a bug under a, a jar. And just watching that life, how it exists under that moment, it just felt like that. You're just watching the fragment of this guy's life and his struggle to survive. And there's just something human about it as well, I guess. But uh, it's such a daring role for Robert Redford because the whole weight of the role is through his eyes and his physical movement. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting how that was um, portrayed. Well, there's nothing... There's no danger of Robert Redford losing his legacy no. he's got the Sundance Film Festival it's he's done. got lots of films he's one of the best of all time we all know yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing he's got nothing to lose by doing this film he's got everything to gain in that people will a new audience will find him and be even more respected but I mean he's gone from this to Captain America 2 it's not as if he needs the money or anything <laughs> like that it's he's decided to do this based on that 32 page script based on the fact that it's kind of I guess it's kind of experimental mm. it's um it's one of those things where you know nobody's doing this yes you know it's uncharted territory if you will yeah and it's a great uh, use of the modern um technologies that we have because there's some great cgi sequences that you you know you can tell oh yeah they obviously use computer generated effects here but it was blended so well into the reality of the movie you weren't really taken out of it you're a part of that intensity yeah for sure and um there was enough of kind of they had the inside of the boat when he was in it and they were turning it upside down and on its side and stuff like a rig involved there hmm. um yeah you know that technically there's quite a bit going into it it's just that um i guess 
you know, unless the floating crate starts talking. It's- <laughs> well, uh, yeah, another review um, was quoting uh, Castaway. And the big thing Castaway had was the brilliant invention of Wilson. Yeah. Um, so he had, which is basically a ball. Uh, I think it was a basketball or volleyball. And he volleyball. drew, yeah, he drew a face on it and it became Wilson. And you become so attached to that character. The brilliance of that movie is when he loses Wilson. And the ball is floating away, and Tom Hanks is screaming, Wilson! <laughs> and you feel so much emotion for that volleyball, you know? It was so sad. Uh, he had no- Robert Redford had none of that to bounce off, um, you know what I mean? And the interesting two great actors, Tom Hanks and uh, uh, Robert Redford, in, in, in similar roles in this. And it's interesting to compare them, uh, All is Lost with Castaway, um, I think. I agree, yeah. yeah. Now, do you think um, Robert Redford deserved an Oscar nomination for this? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Like, uh, like uh, it was a very, very good Oscars uh, this year, I thought. Um, I-, I don't know even who won, Dave, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. And then we had Leonardo DiCaprio as well up there. I think it would have been brilliant to see Robert Redford. I just want to see a movie like this just just to get some mention and for it to get out there. I think it would have been amazing um, for the, just for a movie like this to get some Oscar buzz. I, um, I got to think that most people didn't watch it. Yeah, oh, absolutely that this was largely watched for 20 minutes like you say and then people went i don't want to watch this yep and i gotta i gotta say that i had that 20 minute itch as well i was like oh, what no. is going on here? Like, <laughs> um jessica watson's a famous young solo sailor from australia solo sailor from australia try saying that 10 times fast <laughs> and when uh, she was sailing into sydney harbour you know everybody caught the end of it but nobody was that interested in the journey she had yeah. a blog and like a video feed and stuff for a while she was sort of doing posts and updates from her uh sailboat and um it just isn't something i'm drawn into personally so yeah seeing um you know somebody just on a boat doing the mundane stuff isn't that interesting so when you say that the action sort of uh felt like overkill there was too much going on or whatever you felt there wasn't enough going on kind of what they needed yeah. yeah um I just I need like more deadpan moments, like a lot. There was a lot in Life of Pi of him just, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up Life of Pi because I mean, I mean, there's a tiger on the boat with him <laughs> <laughs> in Life of Pi. For those who aren't aware, oh, it's it's in the, you know, the life raft, and he's kind of floating off the life raft, so he doesn't have to be there directly. Um, that was the other component here. You know, Pi and the Tiger, you know, mm-hmm. Wilson and Tom Hanks's character in Castaway. There was no other for Robert Redford in all of Sandra lost. Bullock and uh, George Clooney, in a way. In Gravity, yeah. yeah. Well, that, he had nothing to play off. He needed something else. There needed to be another person on the boat, or I don't know. But um, don't you think that's, th- that's in itself what separates it from those other movies? I, I guess it is, yeah. But um, for the conventional audience, they're all missing something mm. watching this. Um, did you did you see any metaphors in this film? No, like- I, I, do, I don't like to look for symbolism too much. Um, but yeah, there obviously are, I think. 
Oh, the burning ring of fire <laughs> yeah. as he's underwater. <laughs> the fish swimming underneath represents Sonic Phallic, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Didn't get there. No, but, yeah. um, <laughs> Look, um, we'll jump to the ending a little bit, I think. Um, oh, wasn't that sad how he lights the flare and those ghost ships just move by? Like, uh, a lot mm. of them are manned by a skeleton crew. Yeah. And, you know, it's very difficult for them to see a flare or anything on their on the, on their route. And it's just like, because my dad mentioned that, yeah, no one's going to spot him. There's no way. And he lights yeah. that flare and this big, massive container boat flies by and doesn't even spot him. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, those, um, those moments, I guess, had to happen, though. I mean, it's there was some reading of this film where it's like a Buddhist kind of thing where you've got to give up everything before you can have anything yeah i guess all is lost kind of reflects that you know you've got to he gradually sort of loses everything including hope and um using the flares and so forth but he finally um lights up his his boat on fire and and that's a big enough fire that everybody sees it Yep. Um, but he has to and it's ambiguous the ending um you can read yes. it as uh he just drowns and he dreams that or you can read it as he actually survives uh similar to i think uh the dark knight uh it's not the dark knight is it which is one of the last batman i can't believe i'm drawing a blank the dark knight rises yep yeah where he where you see bruce wayne from uh, alfred's point of view um, you don't know if that's Alfred dreaming or if that's actuality. Also, with the ending of Inception, another Christopher Nolan film, where you're seeing the uh, turning of that uh, spinner, and mm-hmm. you're not sure if it's going to fall or not. So, are we in Leonardo DiCaprio's mind still, or dream state, or not? And I love that ambiguity. It just leaves a lot open. Um, it really tells a lot about the viewer as well. <laughs> in case people haven't seen it, he falls under, uh, gets off the life raft which he set on fire and he starts to sink he has no energy left sinks under the water and uh, he's sort of floating way 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 down seemingly to his death as uh, he sees a rescue boat or a life raft paddling up with a torch and he sort of starts to swim back up and then at the very end the final shot of the film is a hand pulling him out of the water and um, it fades to white so yeah, you can interpret it that way. A lot of people on IMDb seem to interpret it as the hand of God saving him. Sure. Um, that there's a religious, you know, connotation to it. And for me, he sinks way down to the point where I don't think he would have the strength, the strength. to pull himself sure. back up. He hasn't the, eaten, yeah. The, the, uh, the kind of, uh, I guess, theatrical way they've shot it is it seems like he's sunk... 200 meters you know yeah the, the camera is very high and he sinks very low and to the point where i think he's dead pretty much mm. how do you interpret the ending i interpret he survived um you just have to have that release <laughs> you know what i mean as a viewer going through that intensity um with this older guy that you just want to see him survive just for something good to happen because every turn he he makes in this movie um it just gets worse and worse um i just had to have that release no he survived i can go to sleep now <laughs> <laughs> i think i said something similar on gravity and i don't want to talk about the ending of that just because of spoilers sure. but you can find that on our podcasts um maybe that's it if you didn't like the film you imagine and he drowns at the end and you're like well that's the end of that <laughs> and if you do like the film then you go nope he definitely made it <laughs> yeah we watched yeah. 
there was some point to his journey. But yeah, I, I guess I didn't enjoy it because I wanted that. There was something missing the whole time and yeah. I just kept waiting for it to appear. Maybe if there was a shark that kept following him. <laughs> didn't talk or anything. It's not ridiculous. You it's know what would have been great if he had a pet dog in on the boat? <laughs> that would have been really interesting. Would have been something. He would have had to save the dog. But if there was a shark that was following him and it was just this constant kind of fear of this shark. Sure. Which led him to go into the storm, which led him to... Like, then there were more stakes when he has to jump onto the lifeboat, you know. Yeah. It would just make it all more intense. And you could have easily done a CGI shark. You know, mm. they had CGI waves. How hard is it to do a fin and a bit of a tail and a splash from time to time? It's the kind of thing where, at the end, when he burns the thing, he has to go in the water and he's looking around for this shark. You know, suddenly it's like, oh, he's going to get eaten by a shark. <laughs> Even if he doesn't, you know, it's just this adds to, like... You saw all those other fish underneath the water, yep. just schools of fish following him around, just nothing much going on there. But there's no stakes to that. That sort of adds to the calmness of the ocean, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, whereas a shark would have said he could die at any time, you know, tune in. This is more interesting, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Didn't even have to be a big shark. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just looking for that, that missing X factor to this film. I like it how he relearns, um, like, obviously with the radio failing and everything, he has to pick up a book on navigating, I'm assuming, through that sextant that he he has. I thought that was really interesting. Like, he has to relearn, like, the old ways to to make it through. To navigate into the shipping Yeah, because uh, technology hasn't survived this disaster, so he has to go back to a very old way to identify where he is and where the boat is going and everything. That was really interesting. Look, and I think the one of the good things about this film as well is um, how he's knocked out and he has that makeup job um, yeah. of uh, the wound to his, the gash, you know, it just, that I thought was um, really well done. And you sort of feel it when he's sort of um, trying to douse his wound with uh, alcohol, you know, yeah. you notice. I don't the, understand the why a lot of sailors, like, don't wear a helmet at that point. Like, it just doesn't seem to be a fixed uh, part of their attire. Or when they're on a boat, you think that would be one of the key things, like because your head's going to bang around um, with all the uh, intensity of the ocean and the storms. Uh, you think your yeah, helmet would be one of the things, like because I know a life vest is number one, so you can yeah. float in the ocean. I'm shocked you didn't even have a life vest. Um, and number two, of course, would be um, I think a helmet just to avoid that knock around the head. I, I can see that. I mean, it looks a little ridiculous, I guess. There's just <laughs> another thing you have to bring, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the life vest thing, the life vest is, like, you know, crucial. Yeah. So, um, this all adds to my theory that he spent his whole life sort of wanting to do this thing, you know, retired and got himself a boat and he's gone off to do this and he's not as experienced as he I should see, be. I see, yeah. No, that that's, yep. When I'm inventing a backstory for this character because... I needed one to get through this film. <laughs> so I spent half the film going, all right, he's married, so there's someone waiting for him at home. That's why he's writing a letter. Yeah. I, I Look, felt, um, yeah, it, uh, the film almost made us godlike. Like, just getting back to that reference before, like, how we're like a kid putting a bug in a jar and we're watching this bug trying to survive. Uh, I don't know, it just had that little little element to me where i was watching just this human trying to survive these disasters and somehow 
I was wanting these things to happen just to see what he would do, like what you were saying before, more stuff to happen to him. Like, it's really empowering how the film projects you in that mindset, I think. I think I'll care more if we give him a name. So let's call him Eric Porter. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like how you you get an animal and once you name it, you have to keep it kind of thing. (laughs) So so Eric has a pretty rough time. He's... um, his boat's thrown about in a storm. He's bracing for impact. He, he gets smashed by waves on the deck. The radio's gone. He gets I gotta flooded. Su- yeah. Yeah. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm just assuming that we're watching Eric's final days. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Um, I guess while I'm watching the film, I'm deciding he's going to die. As I remember, and tell me if I'm wrong, during that voiceover at the beginning, I think the image we're seeing is an upside down boat. At the very beginning? I think yeah. so. Yeah. It's a shipwreck anyway. Yeah, so I think you're assuming with the title, All Is Lost, with the upside-down shipwreck and the apologetic voiceover, that he's dead. Yeah. So the whole movie I'm watching it going, yep, this is the final eight days of Eric Porter, retired, uh, oh, let's give him a place to live, uh, retired upstate New York finance broker who, um, you know, left his wife and grown-up children in New York to, to pursue this. And uh, would you agree in the sense that Oliver Stone says it's not a great title because it gives away... It's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. And I, I agree the voiceover seemed a bit a bit whatever. Um, it would have been probably more effective, like you say, to yeah. um, have it just being written in front of you. But the other thing that bothered me, I suppose, is when I was watching it, um, would you bother shaving on a boat like this? No, I wouldn't bother shaving at all. <laughs> If anybody's seen our YouTube reviews, you'll know we're scruffy individuals, <laughs> um, which you can find from our website, podmeifyoucan.com. But I, I don't care much for shaving at the best of times. If you're on a boat on your own, you know... <laughs> Disasters like, happen. <laughs> I feel like it must have just been something to do. Yeah, you know, definitely. Because he's only got so many things to do on that boat. Um, I would have brought more books, I think. <laughs> uh, he doesn't seem to have a lot of activities going on. <laughs> Anyway, he's got enough keeping him busy, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah, mostly wordless. Um, The fact on IMDb was that this is the only movie in the 100-plus year history of international filmmaking that has only one actor, one writer-director, but 11 executive producers, as well as six other producers of varied titles. (laughs) That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's good, all right, on IMDb. Yeah, no, it's uh, the people who did see it decided to rate it. Yep. <laughs> but I think those who didn't, they're voiceless there. Um, yeah, this... The film has no noticeable music to start with. You know, it's going for realism. Yep. And then sort of as the film builds, um, you get to the point where uh, over an hour where he's in the life raft and then this music starts to kick in, yeah. you know? And it leads you to... At the very end, let's call it the hand of God scene, yeah. the very final scene, um, where it's this hand pulls him out of the water. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, just ridiculous in that how far they let him sink before he started to swim sure. back up. I just feel like that'd be too much. And even if he has the will power, I think his body wouldn't, even with adrenaline, I don't know. I, I'd found it unbelievable. But anyway, even uh, at the end there, after he's pulled out of the water and it fades to white, which is very heavenly and yep. religious, the song that plays over the credits is called Amen. Oh, which right. would tie into the religious speculation, yep. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know, I've, the music could have played an even more key role in this. And then it even did. Maybe there's something there we haven't looked into. Yeah, there was no religious decorations on him. Like, he didn't have a cross on him or anything like that, did it? It was just all an implication. I didn't notice. Yeah. I noticed he had some, like, um, some bands around his wrist, like, uh, you know, just decorative kind of beaded uh, bands, but nothing religious that I saw. And you're a big fan of Robert Redford. Obviously, one of your favorite movies is Spy Games. Um, Did you enjoy watching him go through this? Like... uh, Oh, I mean, if you compare it to Spy Game, no. Because um, <laughs> I really like Spy Game. Um, it was just a I daring, think. just to see him at that age, I think 77, physically go through this. Sure. Um, I think it was a great feat. No, I think ultimately the problem is not with the acting. I yeah. think he did a solid job. Um, I think the problem is, like, for me, that it's missing something. And like you said, the tiger and pie and, and the volleyball and in castaway cast yeah there's an element that's not there for me and that i think that's what will hurt this film over time it it's going to be one of those films that i think you know splits people yeah i i, I split us you know obviously yeah, I mean, yeah. often we agree <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but I, i'm i'm a big spy game fan i like um the dynamic i like the dialogue i like the performance of that dialogue yeah. i like how smart it is and how he uses these spy skills to, you know, find out the operation codes and then uh, the code name, sorry, of the operation and that sort of thing. I think it's just a really clever movie. Yeah. And and one where you want him to win the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his character in Spy Game, you want him to outsmart everyone, even though he's only there There's a limited window. It's his final day working at the CIA, I think it is. And um, he's about to get you know off into retirement and stuff and he's got this limited window to make decisions and affect change and you know effectively help brad pitt's character who's his protege yeah um whereas here i feel like you know like it needed a shark it needed those stakes it needed something um i guess it's it's a cheaper movie to make it's more experimental this way there are things to like about it it's just not grabbed me like it's grabbed you and yeah yeah i I can't you know i don't hate it or anything i don't Mm. you know i'm not going to go around saying all is lost is the worst thing ever (laughs) a lot of people on imdb message boards are (laughs) mind you one of my favorites is called all is (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was a very uh, captivating title no uh, i think if if you guys haven't seen gravity uh you should definitely check out all is lost if you have seen gravity bear in mind uh, all is lost bears very many similarities to that movie in the fact that it is a survival movie so if you don't like the terror of of a human struggling to survive against um the environment then i don't think you should bother (laughs) (laughs) or i mean if you're a sailing enthusiast and you want to see all the faults he makes mistakes yeah i mean apparently there are quite a few yeah i can't name them now no that's a really good point if you yeah if you're a sailor enthusiast you'd probably see a lot of interesting things in this movie yeah and i mean not a lot of people want to do this particular thing it's probably kind of a niche you know passion um but one thing apparently he did was he was holding the like the the radio when he was talking into it and saying uh what was the line it was something about his uh ship name this is the virginia gene with an sos call over 22 minutes into the film he um he had it backwards apparently he was speaking into the wrong end oh no 
which I didn't notice at the time, but apparently that's what somebody has written. Go figure. Do you? Um, I know what I'm doing, one? JC. I know how to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, it's it's just that I no no yeah. no. <laughs> I've sailed for twenty years. <laughs> Which one of us has a best directing Oscar yeah. again, JC? <laughs> uh, that'd be amazing because they must have liked each other. I mean, yeah. if you're going to work just one actor, one director like that, it's you know one on one. It's almost like being a teacher with a classroom of one, I guess. Yep. But which one of them was the teacher? <laughs> Anyway, all is lost. Um, pretty sure it'll be on DVD pretty shortly. I'm not well. Really still in cinemas on. here. I bought mine from America on uh, from Amazon.com on Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think it's still in cinemas in Australia. It is. Um, but uh, Americans get the DVDs and Blu-rays first. So yeah, usually. Yeah. In Australia, I'm sure it's going to be out mid-year or something like that. All right, uh, as we approach 100 episodes of Podme If You Can, you guys can find us on facebook.com slash can, like the page, and let us know what we should talk about on our 100th episode. Uh, also, we've got a website, podmeifyoucan.com, where you can find a link to our YouTube channel. And uh, there we always discuss obscure movies, but with a, a famous star in them. So this is a, an in- instance where at the beginning or the end of their career, they've made a film that you've never heard of and that's been buried for one reason or another or um, came out very briefly, you know, largely obscure. Uh, But we've reached 30 episodes of our obscure uh, podcasts, so uh, the video element. If you want to see how unshaven we can get, (laughs) that's that's a great place to check us out on our YouTube channel. As always, we take requests as well, so Facebook is the place for it. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, and Lloyd, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. All the best, guys.